Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was, let me take, finish. You take an animal oh. virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH, one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals. Animal viruses are in animals, and they increase their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function. It is not. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world from a pandemic. You're fucking shit. Where did you learn your trade, you stupid fucking cunt, you idiot? If the point that you are making is that the the, the grant that was funded as a sub-award from EcoHealth to Wuhan created SARS-CoV-2. That's where you are getting. Let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. If it did I come can, from the lab, but you, all the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab, you, and there will be responsibility for those who funded the right. lab, including yourself. I totally This committee resent, will allow the witness to respond. I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating, Senator. You fairy. Because if you look at the viruses that were used in the experiments that were given in the annual reports that were published in the literature, it is molecularly impossible. No one's saying those it, viruses it is, caused it. It no is, one is molecularly. Those viruses caused the pandemic. What we're alleging is that gain of function research was going on in that lab and NIH funded it. Shut up! That is you can't not. Get away from it. It meets your definition, and you are obfuscating the truth. Shut the fuck up. I'm not obfuscating the truth. Senator you are the one. Time is expired, but I will allow the witness to. Let me just finish. I want everyone to understand that if you look at those viruses, and that's judged by qualified virologists and evolutionary biologists. Those viruses are molecularly impossible no one's to result they are. No in SARS-CoV-2. We're saying they are gain-of-function viruses because yeah, they were animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And you, you admit the truth. And you implying... Senator Paul, your time has expired, and I will allow witnesses right. who come before this committee to respond. And, and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual I totally resent that. Could that. Have been. And if anybody and is lying here, Senator, it is you. Oh! Absolutely correct, sir. Finally, he defends himself. Tony got all Brooklyn on his poodle head ass. Oh! Yes, everything under the sun becomes twice as much fun with the Brit Summer Show. This one's for you, Jeff Bezos. Seems like you're going to need it. Bye! saved a lot of your customers and taxpayer money had you just bought some Viagra. 95.396.9103.9, WWNN. Welcome everyone to the Brit Summer Show, broadcasting live from a country that sends billionaires up into space. Uh, hooray! Mm-hmm. 
well, good for fucking you. And you know something? None of them flew it. Branson and Bezos and uh, and uh, Musk before. They were all just passengers. They didn't fly it. I will say Branson had a little aeronautical experience as opposed to the other two, uh, especially Bezos. What the hell did he ever know? So he got to float weightless in space and, and tumble. Yay! Hooray! But not, not that I'm defending him, of course. But Branson has been in the aeronautics industry. That's how he made his money. It kind of makes sense. And I'll say one other thing. Liar that he is. He lied right to uh, uh, Colbert's face. That That's not a good idea. <laughs> but the, uh, and, and probably wasn't him behind it, but the engineering of how they launched his ship into the, uh, into the uh, well, just outside the atmosphere. He really didn't go into outer space. But the method that they used descended directly from our early shuttle missions. Now, if you'll recall, the very first shuttles we launched were, were they were carried up there on a 747 and they were launched from the plane the plane and it made sense and nobody got hurt it's only when they started putting them on the firecrackers that uh, there were problems and then that one re-entry i think it was columbia that didn't work out too well but it seems to make more sense to me that if you just fly them up into the atmosphere and then poof let them go uh, that's apparently what Branson did, and that seemed to be a more successful thing than uh, Bezos and his giant dildo. Maybe uh, after the divorce, his wife left that in the top drawer, and uh, he turned it into a rocket ship. What was he thinking, making a giant penis? <laughs> what was it? When he was a kid growing up, he, he really got off on Flesh Gordon, which came out in, what, 71, 72? The, the rocket looked just like the Flesh Gordon phallic uh, rocket. The <laughs> Check it out on you. I don't know if it's on YouTube. It probably is. But you could see movie stills from it. It was uh, X-rated. To, it was intended to be a porn movie. But they put a lot of work into it for a low-budget movie. It was a super low-budget porn movie. But the way it fell together, I guess it was... <laughs> I don't know, but the, it was one of the few porn movies that actually had a plot line, and it was a satire on Flash Gordon. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, word almost word for word, they just changed the words around, like the guy who built the rocket, Doctor Flexi Jerkoff, <laughs> who was played by veteran actor John Hoyt, who always played the knowledgeable older guy, and he was in a million movies. Look up John Hoyt uh, on uh, IMDb. He had to be in about 4,000 movies and TV shows. He had a distinguished career, and there he wound up. Uh, it was uh, the early 70s. I think it could have been as late as 74, but I, I, I think it's 72. I'm not sure. John Hoyt, a distinguished actor, was in this, uh, playing the professor's up. Uh, it's one of... It's, yeah, it's porn. You had to have explicit sex in it, but it was the only one I ever saw that I actually really had fun watching because it was so stupid. And, but it was, well, there was some storyline in it. And it was actually nominated up there. No, it was 74 because it was nominated with the Young Frankenstein uh, as an independent indie comedy. And, of course, they lost to Mel Brooks. But it was actually... <laughs> kind of funny i saw it i'm like ah you know you've seen one porn movie really online pretty much all the same and putting plot lines in them is just a waste of time really because everybody fast forwards to that in fact there were um i forgot what jamie whatever his name was there were a bunch of porn actors in the 70s. I wanted to do a legitimate movie, and it was a detective movie with all porn people. And and it flopped because they, there was no porn. They thought they'd try something different, like actually make a film. But this just turned out to be a, a, a real funny satire of Flash Gordon. And if you can, I mean, it, I'm not saying watch it because of the pornography. I mean... There's hair in this thing that looks like uh, the jungles of Borneo, but it, it, 
It just came together. It was a funny takeoff. So maybe Jeff Bezos, when he was growing up, saw this thing. He's about that age. I'd say he was about teenager then. <laughs> he liked it so much. Why, I'm going to build a rocket ship just like the one in Flesh Gordon. Yeah, and he did. Except it didn't kind of bend north. <laughs> and and uh, Elon Musk's the same thing. So they got some real penis envy. I launched my penis into space. Billionaires in space. And you see a bunch of dicks flying around up there. I would have liked to have said... I'd, I'd like them to keep going, but they, as billionaires often do, they hired people for a cushion for safety. So you don't want to say anything like, I hope they fly into the sun because they have innocent people on board. But if they didn't have those people on board, next time he goes up, let him go right into the sun. Who needs him and his flying penis? Who needs any of these? Okay, so they're having like a space race between billionaires. Although I will say, prior to the 1957 start of our space race here, that was a government endeavor as opposed to what most science fiction writers imagined our space program would be. Prior to that, it was kind of like the way people thought space travel would be. It would be private businesses. And that was before the space race. Then when governments got involved, then taxpayers' dollars got involved. And now taxpayers' dollars are involved indirectly because he doesn't pay no taxes. We pay it for him. And that's why I hope he goes up there alone and flies into the sun. Like an experimental monkey. Jeff Bezos. Oh, man, I wish Neil was alive today. Because I'd love to hear what he'd have to say about it. Sending a giant phallic symbol, a, a giant uncircumcised penis into outer space. And what do you know? I'm, I'm playing uh, because I've been getting requests for him, all of these uh, penis comedy bits, and uh, they seem to blend right in. And that wasn't my intention. It just works out that way. And at the bottom of the hour, you're going to hear a, a real tribute to Jeff Bezos coming up uh, at the bottom of the arc. I'm not going to play it right now. Too much editing involved. Thank you. But stay tuned for that. You won't want to miss it. And this came to mind because right around the moonshot, the original moonshot, the day after my birthday, on July 20... By the way, thank you for all the birthday wishes. It was a very nice thing. And I apologize to everyone on Facebook for having to go into Messenger because my homepage security is, is set in such a way that nobody can post nothing because I was getting, uh, you know, stupid stuff on there I didn't want. But I set it up in such a way that no one can post even nice things. So I, I reset it and it worked out good. But in 1969, after we landed Whitey on the moon, Gil Scott Heron, it, it didn't escape his attention. But what's interesting about this is that it's relevant today. What he said 51 years, 52 years ago still rings true today, especially after this billionaire race. Billionaires in space! You have a poem here. It's called Whitey on the Moon. <laughs> and uh, it was inspired, it was inspired by some whiteys on the moon. So I want to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> Uh, a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell, and Whitey's on the moon. I can't pay no doctor bills, but Whitey's on the moon. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. You know, the man just up my rent last night, cause Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's up in me, cause Whitey's on the moon. Well, I was already giving him 50 a week, and now Whitey's on the moon. Taxes taking my whole damn check. The junkies make me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up. And as if all that crap wasn't enough, a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. 
Her face and arms began to swell, and Whitey's on the moon. Was all that money I made last year for Whitey on the moon? How come I ain't got no money here? Mm, Whitey's on the moon. You know, I just about had my fill of Whitey on the moon. I think I'll send these doctor bills, air mail special. Whitey on the moon. Yeah, Gil Scott Heron. <laughs> I still love that thing. I mean, it, it, I guess you could call it early rap, but uh, there was no software involved using that. You have to use software to get anywhere these days. Musicians? No. No. Forget it. No, last week, Joe Biden, he, he didn't really catch too much flack, surprisingly, but the, the, the uh, chuds got all upset. By the way, from now on, I'm going to refer to re-Trump-lickens as chuds, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. They are now chuds. You know, even that, they make the chuds look good. Boy, they're just, they're below low life. I mean, I don't know how much lower you can go. They want kids to die. They see no reason for vaccines. They see no reason for masks for children. Let them die. But don't you dare have an abortion. Because they, the children have to be born so that we can kill them for you. We're Republican chuds. We don't see any need for this foolishness. This doesn't exist. Why, everything's fine in Branson, Missouri. Speaking of Branson. You know, there's some morons out there that think because it didn't affect them, uh, they don't personally know of anybody who got COVID. They think it just, just doesn't exist. It's a Democrat hoax. There's still people out there that think that. Like in Missouri. How you doing out there, huh? Following through on the directives of your talking heads on TV and radio who are fully vaccinated and won't admit it, but they are. And here's why. And you can tell your friends and family that watch Fox News. The reason why they're vaccinated is because in their 6th Avenue building in New York City, they wouldn't be allowed inside. If they weren't vaccinated. And another thing, union rules. You you couldn't go in the studio. And they're all SAG members anyway in, on TV. Uh, they wouldn't be allowed to work. Union rules. They are all vaccinated, telling you not to get vaccinated. So how you doing out there, huh? You think you're making your talking heads happy? You think they're going to be nice and proud of you? No. You know what they expect? I expect you to die. Yeah. And you're doing it just for them. You, do you realize that it had everybody got their vaccine, this would be over by now? There would be no Delta variant. It didn't occur to anybody, especially the ones on ventilators that are dying right now. Had you got your vaccine, this COVID thing would have been a thing of the past by now. Did it occur to you? No. Dumb assholes. And now, now the kids are going to get it. But you first. Bye, bye, bye. Which, which rhymes with die, die, die. Because the sooner all you Fox viewers and right-wing hate talk radio listeners, the sooner that you do drop dead, it's going to make this place a whole lot safer for the rest of us who are vaccinated. And as for the Delta variant, which <clears throat> because you didn't want to get vaccinated, you're spreading. Now you're the disease. There wouldn't be any Delta variant if it wasn't for assholes like you, anti-vaxxers out there. And now Pfizer's working on a uh, booster shot that's uh, currently being, uh, it's waiting approval by the FDA. And uh, as soon as they get it, this child's going to say, Shoot the juice to me, Bruce. And if, there, and if there's another booster shot, I'm just going to go, Put a gallon in me, Alan. And any other vaccine for any other disease, count me in. Pump the fluid in me, Louie. Because I, you know, I'm not smarter about a lot of things, but I'm not as dumb as you anti-vaxxers out there. You stupid fuckers should all just drop dead and leave the world alone. <laughs> of course, they subscribe to this misinformation propaganda stuff that's going on, and Biden addressed it. I was happy about it uh, up until a point. He, he said that, uh, quote, 
Facebook, with their misinformation, is killing people. And he's right, with one major exception. Social media is only a small, tiny, minuscule part of the problem. And if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you'll know where I'm going with this. Because Democrats just want to avoid, like the, the plague of COVID, they want to avoid talking about, thinking about, considering anything near broadcast media. Because whatever is hatched online gets implemented and executed on talk radio. It gets implemented and executed on talk radio. Every terrorist at that insurrection, if you got into their vehicles, you could see their, what their radio was tuned into. Oh, sure, they have, well, at least some of them have XM Sirius. You could see what that's tuned into. Maybe the Sirius XM radios were tuned into the five fascist propaganda channels that are on Sirius XM. Or on a terrestrial radio, then you take your pick. Hannity, Levin, Tucker, what's her name? The, the bitch I can't stand. They're on at night, and they're on during the day. They say the same thing at night, and they say the same thing during the day. And during the weekend, they're in reruns. Over and over and over and over and over and over until you say, I'm a going to the Capitol building and overthrow the government because I'm a patriot. The the terrorist cells that the FBI gratefully are, are uncovering, the ones that were going to bomb the Democratic headquarters in California, and there was another one planning to do a mass shooting during the All-Stars game, they actually busted them. And, and you know something? Nobody gives them props for that. They actually were ahead of the game on this, and they busted them right on, just in time before they got to kill anybody. But I guarantee you that each and every one of those terrorists had their radios tuned in to your choice of any AM or FM radio with Hannity, Levin, Ingram, that's the one I was thinking about, and Carlson. They're all on the radio. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You, you know, we got Fox News, Newsmax, Sinclair Broadcasting, uh, what's the new one, uh, One American News, uh... <laughs> all branding themselves as news. And, yeah, they're on TV, sure. But everything they say on TV is repeated throughout the day, the following day, every day, all week, and on and on and on. So, yeah, you got your social media, which is narrowcast. I mean, you adjust what you see online. You join the group. You join the pages. You join the websites. Whatever it is, it's your choice, what you see online. And in my Facebook news feed, just for an example, I never see any uh, anti-vax things going on because it's just the way I have my settings. They go by algorithms, so it doesn't matter if you're a chud, then you'll get all chud news. It's all algorithms. It's spoon feed. You know, we spoon feed ourselves online. We see what we want to see online. And the ones who say, well, I like to look at both sides. You know, they don't look at both sides. It's an algorithm where they get just the stuff that they want to see. So the misinformation is already going to the misinformed. And where does it go from there? Word of mouth. If anybody's minds are made up after that, it's off the radio during the day where they go to work. Because when you're driving to work and when you're working all day, you can listen to the radio. You can't just sit in front of a TV and stare with your mouth open, a little jewel coming out like Democrats do. Because why? Not that we want to. There's just nothing on the radio for us. Anywhere. And that's where Biden comes. And you know something? Uh, I give him a pass. He's old and he doesn't know. Democrats don't know. None of this is wired into the Democratic Party. Any Democrat, just a handful. And I'm very grateful that in some of the uh, Democratic organizations I'm part of, some of them are coming around to figure this out now. And what we need, the answer to this for now, is for Joe Biden 
if he's really concerned about misinformation being disseminated everywhere, if he's really concerned about it, let's draft a new telecom act. Now, I know, of course, uh, that the Chuds won't like that. And the last one had bipartisan support, right, Joe? Because he voted for that, the old uh, 96 Telecom Act. And they thought, well, this is a new modern Telecom Act. Yeah, it was new and modern in 1996. But I think there's been a lot of advancements since then, one of them being broadcasting over a, a, a cell phone tower. They didn't think of that back then because the FCC had no jurisdiction over cable, which everything was cable back in 1996 now it's not now it's all going over the air waves and what does the fcc have jurisdiction over the air waves but don't, don't, don't confuse jessica rosenweisel with that she's too busy running a lobby shop there she's not confirmed by the way she's only there she's only an appointed i, I guess uh, they have no real plans for dfcc but that's your answer, Mr. President. Hey, Joe, that's the answer. We have to make the Federal Communications Commission a real governing body again, instead of a lobby shop, which is all that's left of it. That's all the debris laying around the FCC. Just a bunch of lobbyists jerking each other off, waiting for a, a check to come in the mail. They don't care what goes on the air. Well, you can't say a dirty word. Don't say a dirty word. They get very, very upset. It's okay if you can incite violence by assembling over the airwaves a, a, a mob of terrorists to take over the Capitol, which uh, no one's ever considered that part now, did they? But they did. And, uh, and, that, and the Democrats will all say the same thing. Nobody listens to the radio anymore. <laughs> That's because you don't. So the whole world must be just like you. You just wait till next year, which is only six months away now, and that's when the primary starts. I'm going to keep saying it. I'll say it till I go to my grave because nobody listens to me or pays attention to me. And I'm talking, oh, and this is regarding most Democrats. I mean, I have my audience and I have uh, some people in the clubs who understand what I'm saying, but... Overall, pretty much, if you're a registered Democrat, it's not wired into your DNA. Communications strategy. Ain't there. And it's not wired into the DNA of our Democratic leadership and, and anybody who's going to be running campaigns next year. They don't get it. Because at the, the, the rate we're going right now for the goober, <laughs> notorial thing, uh... What's it going to be? It's going to be between uh, Charlie Jesus Christ and uh, <laughs> Nikki Freed, the homewrecker. Oh, the story's about her. That's, gonna, that's what it's going to be. So you know who's going to win? Ron Death Sentence. And don't you think that they're not going to use all of the photo ops that they took advantage of with the uh, condo collapse? Oh, he was in front of making speeches and grandstanding. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be first and foremost on, on his uh, re-election uh, ads. And all this, uh, well, you know, Ron DeSantis did a great job. He was grandstanding, okay? They've got all the photo ops they need for his next run. And let me tell you something else about that Tallahassee Nazi. Something that well, made the news, but in, not in a big splashy way. And here's who was aware of it. The educators in, in Florida, all of them, they're concerned because of this. Governor running on death sentence wants to defund Florida universities that teach anti-racism. You see, hate's a good thing for the Trumplicans. DeSantis signed a new law to track political beliefs at universities and threaten budget cuts for those he doesn't like. What the, what, what's that sound like to you? And I just had Sabrina Rodriguez on it. Her husband is a teacher. And here, this isn't in any of the reports. The teachers have to fill out a form. They're sent a form 
to divulge their political beliefs. That's what's happening in the state of Florida. And if you're in the South, uh, a, a state near you. The governor sparked a backlash this week when he signed legislation cracking down on so-called educational indoctrination at colleges and universities soon after the state banned critical race theory in its public schools. Critical race theory being, uh, history. He's quoted as saying, and, and I'm going to do his voice, I'm starting to work. Because he has a high voice, and he talks like this. And anybody thinks he's going to get the, the presidential nominee, he might win the nomination, but he ain't going to be president. Because he ain't, ain't going to have the same kind of drawer that uh, Trump had. Because Trump was a pitch man. Trump spent his whole life being a con man. And if anybody's a showman, it would be Trump. But this guy's hardly a showman or anything else. He's just a squat little uh, mimicker of Trump. He's a little sock puppet for the orange orangutan. And he said, It used to be thought that a university campus was a place where you'd be exposed to lots of different ideas. Unfortunately, now the norm is really these of more intellectually repressive environments. In other words, we have to spread the hatred around. That's the new we Trumplican way. You, you, must, you must hate everyone around us that isn't white. And, uh... Racism is a good thing. That's what he said. The new law requires colleges and universities to conduct an annual survey measuring in intellectual freedom and viewpoint diversity on their campuses. It's an effort to gauge the extent of which competing ideas and perspectives are presented, as well as how free students, faculty, and staff feel to express their beliefs and viewpoints. But... but but critics fear the assessment will instead end up intimidating teachers, chilling free speech, and disproportionately representing the perspectives of those who feel aggrieved. And, and they're right. And they're feeling it right now. They're also concerned that the data could be wielded to punish faculty or universities for teaching anti-hatred. Nikki Freed. Oy vey. Oy! Nikki Freed. Ain't I a doll? Don't I look hot? Do you like my glossy new photos? Nikki Freed. <laughs> that, that homewrecker. Florida's agricultural commissioner, who probably couldn't grow a cactus, is challenging DeSantis for governor next year, compared his actions to what authoritarian regimes do. Well, she's right about that, but it's pretty damn obvious. He's an authoritarian. He is a little dick. He puts the dick in dictator. And let me tell you something, because he, he was a jag. Oh, yes. Uh, let me tell you something about jags. Those are military attorneys. And uh, let, me, let me give you a little insight of what jags do while they're in the military. They learn <clears throat> military law. They specialize in it for the very reason of getting around it. You've heard about the black market in the military, which is, is still around. It was really big in World War II all the way through Vietnam. Uh, and, and you talk about black market goods. It was all engineered by the Jags. Who else was a Jag? Why, the lovely Miss Lindsey Graham. He was a Jag. And uh, we were sent to the Mediterranean at one point when I was in. And the ship was anchored off of uh, Turkey. And um, there was no, no one was going on shore. We were just anchored there because, uh, as it turns out, and we didn't know at the time that there was some, uh, there was a little bit of trouble going on between, uh, uh, you know, the usual Turkey and Greece were fine, you know, yelling and screaming, whatever it was. And, uh, you, know, you know, these militant regimes, again with this authoritarianism, yeah. And uh, so we were there to, <clears throat> just to basically monitor the situation and flex our American muscle. But we were just sitting there, anchored. So, in the middle of the night one night, the, the, the Liberty boats launched. And, and several of us are like, really? We got Liberty going on? And no, it was the Jags. <laughs> well, by the way, some of them were pilots. They all loaded up into the Liberty boats and went to shore in Turkey. And when they came back, that ship had a new cargo on board, and it was called Hashish. <laughs> And why? Because they can. And that's what uh, DeSantis was. A jag off officer. But he don't have... He can't run the camera like Trump. Well, Trump lost that. But he, at the start, 
He knew how to be a showman. He knew how to run the camera. And he had no inhibitions about media. He was just out there. This guy's a pica. This guy's an amateur. And he's just imitating Trump. And, and if you watch his press conference, he's just mimicking the mannerisms with the hands flying out with the little OK signs up, up and down. And, and then signing bills publicly for the media and holding them up proudly. Look what I did. I, I signed this all by myself, just like my Messiah, Don Trump. He's not going to gather the... It's going to be the massive right-wing media infrastructure that gets him elected if it happens. It won't be him alone. He won't get... He'll get very, very little coverage. He, he's not a... You know what it is? He's not a ratings getter. And you can't sell time with him. Back in 2016, that's what all the news agencies did. All of them, yes, even the leftist media, they were all, they couldn't turn the cameras off because they were selling time. Everybody was making money. That will not happen with Ron Anon death sentence. The article continues, at DeSantis' behest, Florida's Board of Education also recently banned educators from teaching critical race theory, which analyzes racism as a systemic, persistent part of American... Isn't it? And has been weaponized by Republicans, naturally, who, who say teaching about oppression in this form is divisive. Well, it ought to be, you divisive son of a bitches. The board similarly barred materials connected to the New York Times as... 1619 Project, a widely lauded effort that focuses on slavery's consequences as well as black Americans' contributions. Well, it's quite simple. They're racists. And aside from this article, he also signed some kind of weird legislation like that he didn't want any kind of criticism about him online, on online platforms. Hey, Ron DeSantis. Fuck you. That's right. Go fuck yourself, Ron. You wannabe Trump fuckwad. You racist piece of shit. You Tallahassee Nazi. I should redo that bit. So in essence, they're going to have college surveys. As a response to parents who, who uh, Ron said, parents worry about their kids being indoctrinated at a university. Indoctrinate, indoctrinate this, you stupid redneck, racist, former Jack douchebag. Who the hell are you? Ron, death sentence. You miserable douche. Oh, but look at the great job he did at the condo. You know what? He politicized it. He's going to use it for photo ops. And actually, it was Joe Biden's administration that provided limitless resources. Ron Anon, didn't, he didn't even have to ask for it. It was just there the following day. And, 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 and you know what? The timing on, on Joe's visit down here was absolutely perfect. Because, first of all, if you'll recall, I mean, people don't connect. He had just come back from the G7 summit. The plane just landed when that building came down. You need a week to prep at least and stay away from the rescue area because you don't want to divert the attention away from where it has to be. It made perfect sense what he did. And I'm certain that the right-wing media is going to excoriate Ron Anon for uh, thanking Joe Biden, which uh, really, that, that surprised me. There, there's a little bit of human being in him. Not much. So what are you going to do about this? What are teachers going to do about this? The professors in college, you're going to protest? You know what happens when you protest? In, they got a, it's a lock. Well, what's going to happen when you protest here? That's what's going to happen when you protest here in flat duh. This is Eyewitness News. The news conference underway right now between astronauts and reporters back on Earth. Is it true you can see Oprah from space? No, you can't see Oprah from space, because she never goes outdoors. When you make a dookie in space, what do you do if you get a Klingon on Uranus? Get it? Klingon Uranus? Ha ha. Next question. If you fart in your spacesuit, what happens? Excellent question. It lingers, it ferments, and when you breathe it in, you can see into the future. Burrito night on the space shuttle is awesome. After that, they're going to make an in-orbit call to their colleagues on the International Space Station. 
That's the Brit Summer Show, and that's uh, for everybody on the ground parked under the tower. That's going to wrap it for the first part of the Brit Summer Show. Stay tuned online on thebritsummershow.com, and you'll you'll hear what it's coming up. I saved this especially for Jeff Bezos, the 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 uh, astronaut with the cowboy hat flying up in the space with all our money. Billions and billions of dollars. Oh, look, he did. He gave uh, two hundred million to uh, charity. You know what that is? That's what fell behind his couch. Now, programming note: I will be going to my mother's either next week or the week after. I am not certain yet, but uh, as far as I can tell, it looks like I'll be here again next week. So, if that's the case, I'll see you. Back here on 95.3, 96.9, 103.9, 1470 WWNN. This is the WWN Network. WWNN. And now, much more of Brit Summers. Radio Wonderful. It's my 14-inch long super hard morning piss boner. The only thing on my body that makes me proud to be the owner When I get up in the morning sometimes I find the most amazing thing A 14 inch long super hard morning piss boner Well, when I reach down and feel something that's bigger than my hand It's my guess I was blessed by the fairy piss boner Sandman And when she reaches around to play with the thing, it makes me feel like a king. My 14-inch long, super hard morning piss boner. Well, it kinda aches when it inflates like Viagra without even trying. And I'm not bragging, but when I go to stab her, it gets her screaming and crying. And after reaching a climax of dizzying heights, I can't believe it's mine. My 14-inch long, super hard morning piss boner. Well, the only problem is every time I go to the bathroom, my piss boner shrinks down to the size of a mushroom. And when I come back with my normal schlong, it's only my face that's long. I put my underwear on. She asks if something's wrong. My 14-inch long, super hard morning piss boner is gone. It's my 14-inch long, super hard morning piss boner. The only thing on my body that makes me proud to be the owner. When I get up in the morning, sometimes I find the most amazing thing. A 14-inch long, super hard morning piss boner. It's my 14-inch long, super-hard morning piss boner. Yeah, Jeff Bezos, you could have played this before the launch. Would have made more sense. You and your giant circumcised penis. I I think the uh, the, uh, astronaut pilot or whoever he had on there, he hired a moil. It was Sife the Knife. You're listening to the Brit Summer Show on Skyhawk Radio, iTunes, uh, FYI Nation, TuneIn, Stitcher, Patreon, SoFlo Channel, Acast, and a couple other platforms I'm not quite done yet uh, putting together, but I'm a gonna, and I'll, I'll let you know when that happens. I want to thank everybody for chipping in and helping me out, and of course, my official underwriter and a sole sponsor of this show, Ernie! We thank you. Ernie gave me a very nice birthday present. Thank you, Ernie. I wanted to talk about this uh, special they're running. It's not a special. It's a, a mini series. I don't know what a limited documentary series about uh, situation comedies. I guess, what is it called? The uh, history of situation comedies on television. The, I don't know how many they made. They're going to be on every week, I guess. And I can tell you from the outset that, oh, that was so disappointing. Oh, I was so disappointed, oi. Uh, I was expecting. And they, they started it out with a montage of all the sitcoms. Okay, great. And, uh, and it, it was only about the socially significant changing mores of comedy that, uh, listen, 
I said it since it was on the air in the 90s. Friends was totally state of mind. There was nothing funny about that show. And I did watch them. I watched a few of them. How could you avoid it back then? And uh, it wasn't funny. Hey, do you remember the time that, uh, what's his name, did the thing and then he sat down and he went, Isn't that hilarious? (laughs) There were some great situation comedies on throughout television history and uh, all he talked about was the uh, socially sensitive content of a situation comedy. Who amongst you sits down to watch a situation comedy to get socially sensitive content and try to define the ever-evolving social differences within our society? I, I just want to laugh. I'm, I'm, if, I watch, if I watch a situation comedy, I want it to make me laugh. You see, that's the job of the writers, directors, and the performers. To make you laugh at home. And they weren't talking about that. They, they, they brought up I Dream a Genie. They said, well, she was a subservient uh, servant to this uh, man. It was a situation. Was, it was fantasy number one. She was the most beautiful woman on television. And there were a lot of them back then. But she, to me, she was number one. And they didn't talk about the comedy of I Dream of You. They talked about how she wanted to be emancipated and all this. And it, it, it was a goofball. It was silliness. You really want to get any social significance out of that? Out of I Dream of Genie? Really? You want to get social, socially significant from Bewitched, which they showed to Paul Lynn? Well, you know, Paul Lynn, he was gay. Yeah, okay. He was funny. <laughs> Don't make a big thing out of it. And they failed to mention that, yeah, he was obviously being portrayed as a gay man and, and bewitched. And then when he did get his own show in like 1971 or two, he wasn't a gay. He played a, a dad with uh, two grown kids. And, and it was a shame because they never let him just rock. They, they, they would write these scripts that he, he was always a straight guy. Everybody knew otherwise, except when you were a kid. When, when you were a little kid and you watched that, you think he's just a silly man. You don't know. Oh, see that fella there? He's gay. Kids don't know that. That show was for kids. And that was about as far back as they went. Ah, they talked about Father Knows Best, which was terrible. It was never funny. Uh, those those uh, family shows, there was some Leave it to Beavers that were funny. They talked about that. But that was about it. It was like uh, the warmth and loving and all this. and the so. No, 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 no. They, they had a clip from the honeymoons. That was a comedy. That was funny. That was shtiklach. They didn't even, they had a clip of it, but that was, that's all they did. I didn't see anything about Get Smart. No. I didn't see anything about Car 54. No. I didn't see anything about Captain Nice. <laughs> and the real mind blowers, how could they completely skip over the Dick Van Dyke show? Did they talk about that? No. Again, I could be wrong. They may. There's upcoming episodes, so I don't know. But from what I saw so far, they forgot about the Dick Van Dyke Show. All-time classic. But so far, were they talking about that? Uh, No. No. Did they merit the writers? Did Did they say how well the writing was? They didn't even mention who the writers were. Now, like I said, I didn't see all of them, but I'm curious to see uh, in the upcoming ones. I'm, I'm watching it out of uh, just being stunned at how uh, they just don't pay it. They didn't do any homework. They didn't do any research. And, and then they make a, a documentary about it, like they're the big authorities on it. These 20-somethings, obviously, because everything's about friends. And then it was 
Friends. Remember when Friends and when the Cosby Show was a groundbreaking, revolutionary show? Oh, 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 of course. Oh, oh, he had some problems, yes. But what a revolutionary show. The first black family on television. They said that twice. They said that about good times. The first all black cast, which is totally wrong. Julia, 1968. She broke ground. The first black actress to star in her own sitcom. Uh, Anybody hear of Sanford and Son? Okay, yeah, it was written by Jewish writers, and they made that part of the show at one point, where they changed the black cast to an all-Jewish cast. They had some fun with it. Because you know what that was? It was a comedy. It was a situation comedy. And when Red Fox quit the show, it just (laughs) just wasn't funny anymore. (laughs) It was all grady. But did they mention that? No! And I know coming up, because this show in the previews, they're going to talk about the Adams Family. So that brings to my mind, I wonder if they're going to mention the Munsters. Because they talked a lot about Leave it to Beaver, and the same writers, Connolly and Moshe, wrote the Munsters. It was the same writers. I wonder if they're going to mention that, because... Ma- Writing merit never came up. It's all the uh, socially significant, uh, hard-hitting, worrisome, uh, hand-wringing, will the gays be reflected this way? Will the blacks be reflected this way? Will this be reflected that way? How do they uh, impact the audience? And oh, oh, oh. Anybody watch a sitcom for social significance? Anybody? Or do you watch it to, to get a good laugh? You get it to escape. And and that's what... Uh, I dream of Gene. There we go. I dream of Gene. Listen, that was called escapism, which they have now, but it's not comedy. It's superhero movies and superhero shows. That is called escapism. They have that right now. And uh, that's what that was in the 60s and the 70s. Just goofy, like Holmes and Yo-Yo. He's a cop, and that guy's a robot. Uh, <laughs> and the robot uh, um, with uh, Bob Cummings, Julie Newmar, living doll. Take that seriously. My favorite Martian. How realistic was that show? What kind of social significance did My Favorite Martian have? Did they talk about Hogan's Heroes? No. No, they did not. Did they talk about any military uh, comedy? Well, I'm certain because I have, again, I haven't seen them all. I'm certain MASH will come up. Maybe they'll bring up Hogan's Heroes. How can you ask? Seven years it was on the air. Was it late 64 to 72? That show was on the air. And then they're talking about family comedies and uh, heartwarming comedies. And uh, Did they mention the Andy Griffith show? No. No, they did not. They really missed the ball on this one. And you know something? My brother had the greatest line of all. He said, the reason they don't talk about classic comedies like Car 54, Sergeant Bilko, and all that is because they're all dead, and there's no one left alive to buy them lunch. The cast of Friends, they're all still alive. They can buy them lunch. And he was right on target. That's what this seems like. I guess when 20-somethings are writing a documentary or something, they only put stuff in there that they can relate to. It's only all about them. It's only all about the shows that they like. It's not really about television history, the, the, the history behind uh, comedy television. No, it's all about what they like. And I grew up watching this 10 years ago. And this is what I like. And that's what you're going to... And, and Friends was a classic. Friends was this. And then we, of course, we had Seinfeld. But Friends! Friends! Oh, Friends! They talked about one show. They couldn't, <clears throat> without somehow segueing it into Friends. I mean, they talked about Cheers, a little bit about Frasier. Jane Leaves, by the way, totally hot. She did good. That was, that was 25, 30 years ago. They didn't talk, they, <laughs> they didn't talk about Arnie <laughs> with Herschel Bernardi. Did they talk about mothers-in-law? No. 
Did they talk about taxi? Yeah, I don't think they talked about that one either. Uh, no! Or maybe they will, I don't know. I could be wrong. But so far, when it comes to that sitcom history of sitcom on television thing, they were, I've been right. Because, damn. Friends this, friends that, friend, and the Cosby Show. Oh, he had a problem or two. But it was groundbreaking. What a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's tragic. It's sad. I mean, he was iconic. He ruined everything. Not just his career or his legacy. He ruined all the work that everybody else that was involved with his work, including I Spy, it's, it's ruined. And get smart. That really blows my mind. That show won Emmys every year it was on. And, uh, and well, no, no, because Don Adams is dead. Well, Barbara Feldon's still alive. But most of the cast is now dead, including Buck Henry. And, well, Mel Brooks is still alive. He'll get you a nice uh, tongue sandwich for lunch. But, but it, it was no friends. All of the classic comedy, everything, everything totaled up into a big mountain or whatever it was. Nothing amounts to Friends. If you watch this, the and let me tell you, if 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 you liked Friends, if you thought that was a great classic show, you're gonna love this documentary because pretty much it's all about. And they run the same scenes over and over and over again from the same episode. That's still not funny. <laughs> like I said, I, I I I sat through a couple of when it was on. And I, I waited, and I waited, and nothing made me laugh. Nothing. But I will say this about Friends. It did have a great theme song. So no one told you that you were gonna get laid. Your body's a joke and you're not even getting paid. It's like you can't get girls without some beer Well, you haven't gotten laid this week, this month, or even this year But I'll go down on you when you're feeling lonely I'll go down on you, give me your baloney I'll go down on you, will you go down on me too? Okay! And now, from the director of Gilligan's Hood and Scooby-Dooby-Doo, Where's My Crack? It's Fat Albert and the Gang. But this time, Fat Albert is chilling with the real gangs, the Bloods and the Crips, starring Ice Tea and Ice Cream. This movie will leave you dead in the aisles. Watch as Fat Albert kills all the gangs in the hood. Hey, 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 get the f- out of my way, or I'll bust a cap in your ass. Hey, Mushmouth, let's go smoke some crack. Oh, McCabe, baby. Fat Albert and the gang, now playing in a hood near you. Hey, hey, hey! It's Fat Albert! It's Brit Summers at the Brit Summers Show. Bitchin'! Maybe. If you've often wondered why radio ain't what it used to be Instead of being fun with personality Now all you hear is the same C-R-A-P The stations that you used to love have all been sold Five companies own everything on the dial they're now run by consultants and big corporate holes Who only care about the bottom line That's why radio in every market sounds so crappy And that one went fast. Not bad. Thanks for tuning in to the Brit Summer Show. I, I got a couple of replies on the car talk segment from last week. Uh, I still want to hear from more of you. It's not going to happen right away, I'm telling you. I'm just something to work on, something in the future that I'll do on the show, and a kill good time. And uh, I hope this week I gave good show. Will I be here next week? Questionable, because I have to go up to the uh, central part of the state, dangerously near the villages. White power! Yes. White power. Yes. There you go, white power! And see what's what. 
But it might be the week after. I don't know. So if there's no show next week, now you'll know why. But but that tends to be a mystery. So will Britt be on next week? Will, will she be on in two weeks? I don't know. No, we don't know. But it looks like I will be on next week. I have a, oh, I have a lot more to say. So until then, this is Britt Summer saying, You call that a penis? <laughs>